turn together in our Bibles this morning, Proverbs and chapter 18. Proverbs 18, book on wisdom. I thank God for Proverbs and the great wisdom it has. I hope you've been enjoying the daily devotionals in Proverbs. If you have that book, if you have Boots on the Ground, what a great book that is. And we've been enjoying that devotional book as well. If you don't have a devotional book and you attend here regularly and you want a devotional book, let me know. We've got a few other ones that are still left over from a few other years. And you are welcome to have a devotional book uh, free. And uh, it's a way, our way of trying to encourage you in your daily walk with God. It takes just a few minutes, about two or three minutes to read. And what a great time it is to read God's Word read a challenge every day uh, in the Word of God. I encourage you doing that first thing in the morning is always the best thing to do. Proverbs 18, 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Would you read the verse together with me? Ready, begin. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I am so thankful for friends. Aren't you thankful God gives you a friend? It's a blessing. And we all have been blessed by the gift of friendship. And there's a lot of things in this verse that you might not have ever seen before that today will encourage and help you. And as I studied this verse out this week, there were some things that stood out to me. Uh, there's a verb phrase in here that I had never looked into. And there's a lot in it. Because the Bible says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. On a surface level, you say, well, it just means being friendly. Does it mean any more than that? Well, you study the original Hebrew word, and the phrase, must show himself friendly, is one verb. And it has a very, very deep meaning. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. The word literally means to afflict yourself, to be broken. So if you and I have friends in our life and long-term friendships, we have to allow ourselves to be afflicted and broken. That's what the word literally means. You say... Oh, it's just the friendly guy that has friends. It's way more than that. Because haven't you figured out in life you can be the friendly guy and still wind up losing friends? Okay. I mean, you can be the friendly guy. You can be super nice. You can be super kind. But still people don't like you sometimes, no matter what you do. And you see, the verse teaches us that a man who has friends must show himself friendly. Literally, it's somebody who's been broken and found healing. Somebody who has been broken through friendships that didn't work out, through situations that hurt you, through situations that hurt me, and yet still through that now we found the healing of the grace of God, and now we can be the friend we ought to be because we've experienced some pain. I'm so thankful Jesus is our perfect example in this matter. Jesus, what a friend of sinners. A man that hath friends. You say, is it just talking about men? I'll tell you, men ought to be the leaders in this. Amen. Men ought to be the ones who make friends and keep friends. Broken people who find healing at the cross, cross are the best friends you'll ever have. And God specializes in using broken people. I'm so thankful for that. Everybody needs a friend. It has been said, some people make enemies instead of friends because it's less trouble. Some people make enemies instead of friends because it's less trouble. 
It's easy to go through life making enemies. It's hard to build friendships that last. But that is the plan of God, that we would build friendships that last. And strong friendships and respect for others is essential to good health. A study was done why the Japanese people seem to live so long and have good life. It has been found that they have respect in their homes, parents, children. There's respect relationship there. In society, there is respect for the elders. There is respect for one another. There is mutual respect. And because of that respect, they have better health. You wonder why we have so many health problems in America. Could it be? Because we're not good friends as Americans, okay? Uh, kind of self-seeking sometimes as Americans instead of being uh, a good friend. Truly knowing and walking with God is the key to developing healthy friendships. Look over in Psalms, if you would, Psalms 41, verse 9. Psalms 41, verse 9. Look at what the Bible says. David speaks of friends. The word friend is used almost 50 times in the Bible. Psalms 41, in verse 9, the Bible says, David speaking, talking about some of his friends who wound up turning into enemies. He says, um, actually go back, if you would, to verse uh, 5. No, 4. Let's go back to 4 because there's a lot going on here, okay? And many of you are dealing with different types of pain, and I think this will help you, encourage you. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my, what does he say? Hmm. Now look, we have an injury, like this week I injured myself. I had to go to the doctor and get it glued back together. But when I got my finger glued back together, I want it to be healed. And the doctor said, by the way, it will be healed. It will come together. In the next few days, it should be healing. But if it's not, you need to come back and see me, the doctor said. There was a goal for healing. God wants healing produced in our lives. But he's talking here not about physical healing. He's talking about a healing in our soul, which is invisible, but it's manifest on the outside, and it's manifest through our friendships. Uh, look at this. He says, heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Mine enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? They're talking about David, the man after God's own heart. Hey, David, when are you going to die? I mean, they want a death threat on David, okay? When's David going to perish? Verse 6. And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity, and his heart gathereth iniquity to itself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. So basically, David said, my friends come by to see me, so they can gather information and go broadcast it everywhere else. Mine enemies, David said, um, he says, verse 8, verse 7, all that hate me, whisper together against me, against me do they devise my hurt. Look at what they said about David. An evil disease, they say, cleaveth unto him, fast unto him. And now he lieth, and now he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Basically, David is done for, they say. Then look at verse 9. Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, with whom I did eat, of my, who did he, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. So David says, this wasn't just a casual friend. David says, my close friend who ate bread at my table, who was somebody I loved and cared about, we loved and cared about one another, he says, but my friend, he says, turned his back on me. Mine own familiar friend, whom I, he says, trusted. 
Notice that word because it's going to tie in with the rest of the message. The friend in whom he trusted. He said he lifted up his heel against him. David said his friend turned on him. Look, friendship is one of God's greatest gifts. But haven't we been through bad friendships? Haven't we been through situations in life where maybe the friendship just isn't working out, didn't work out? Uh, you thought they were your friend and they wound up being your enemy. That happens to anybody and everybody in life. Don't be surprised when it happens. It's going to happen. The more people you know, the more it'll happen. But David said it happened to him. And what did he do? He found grace in the, in, through the strength of God. In verse uh, 10, he says, But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up, that I may requite them. By this I know that thou favorest me, because mine enemy does not triumph over me. He says, God, you know what? They're trying, but he says, they're not winning. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If you know Jesus Christ, you're on the winning side. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you know Christ, you're on the winning side, and you follow him in faith, you're on the winning side. It's impossible to go through life without experiencing broken friendships and experiencing brokenness in friendships. The more you love, the more you will get hurt. But also, the more you love, the more you will be loved. Too many times we give up on friendship when all we needed to do was forgive and extend love once again. That's really tough right there. Sometimes we give up on friendship when all we needed to do was love and forgive once again. Let's look at a few things from this verse that will help us this morning. First, friends are the result of brokenness. In verse 24 of our text, Proverbs 18, 24, the Bible says a man that hath friends, it says, must show himself friendly. A person who has friends has to be willing to be broken for their friend. Friends are the result of brokenness. Think about Jesus Christ. How do you know God loves you? Because he said it? No, because he showed it. How do you know God loves you? Because he was broken on the cross for us. Aren't you thankful he was broken? I'm so thankful he was broken for me. You say, if you really think about all that Jesus did on the cross, and when he allowed men to beat him beyond recognition... His beard was torn from his face. Any of you men who have facial hair in the room, I don't think you would allow somebody else in the room to pull all your beard out. Would any of you guys allow that? Or allow that? I mean, would any of us even want to experience watching that happen? No. But yet that was done to the Lord Jesus Christ. He did it because he loved us. Friends are the result of brokenness. You know why the gospel is sold so cheap today? Because people don't realize how much Jesus did. How much Jesus did. How much he was broken. To afflict yourself. You say, but my friend did something hurtful to me. Too many people give up because of emotional reasons on people, you know? I, they made me feel bad. That is so subjective, okay? Really? How many times have you felt bad in life, okay? I feel bad sometimes just waking up and thinking about how much I need God's grace, okay? Come on. You know, if you just think about all your inadequacies too much, you're going to start to feel bad. Don't let your feelings get the best of you. Friends are the result of brokenness. Sometimes we just have to tell our feelings to get where they ought to be behind the cross. Lord, help me to move forward. Friends are the result of brokenness. Psalms 35, verse 14, David said, I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. How did David show his 
friendship? How did David show his care? I behaved myself as though he had been, he says, my friend or brother. How? By mourning for him. By caring about him. Psalms 35, verse 14. Friends are the result of brokenness. By friendship, you mean the greatest love, the greatest usefulness, the most open communication, the noblest of sufferings, the severest truth, the hardiest counsel, and the greatest union of minds which brave men and women are capable. Jeremy Taylor. By friendship, the greatest love. Husbands, how do you know your wife loves you? Wives, how do you know your husband loves you? I knew two couples in our church have an anniversary this week. Congratulations to both of you. Dave and Vicki and Jen and Jason. I tell you, it's a great time, right? Celebrating anniversary. For the, my wife and I, it's a great time this year, six years, right? Celebrating these times. Uh, you celebrate these years together serving and loving one another. Uh, it's, your marriage is stronger because you love one another. By demonstrating that love, it's demonstrated when you still forgive and love even though you were hurt. Your feelings got hurt and you kept moving on and kept loving. Proverbs chapter 6. Let's turn back there and look at that. Friends are the result of brokenness. A man that has friends must, he says, show himself friendly. I find that sometimes that means I have to show more than one time. Okay, You have to be broken more than one time for your friend. Proverbs 6 verse 3 he says, do this now, my son, and deliver thyself when thou art come into the hand of thy friend. Go. These are really tough words. What does he say? What does he say? Oh. Really? Do I have to humble myself? That's where people stumble right there. That's why friendships break apart. Um, friends are the result of brokenness. Brokenness is the result of humility. Humility is the people that are, God exalts are people who are humble. You see God using somebody mightily. You see God helping somebody to influence others mightily. Uh, their person of faith. Take note, there's been some humility going on in their life. Uh, the Bible says, he says, humble thyself and make sure thy friend. Have you found out in life that sometimes the people who you maybe had the most friction with in life wind up becoming your closest friends? Amen. Have you realized that yet? Is it, anybody got any testify, anybody, any witnesses to that? It's happened to me, okay. Any witnesses to that? The people that you had the most friction with wind up sometimes being the closest friends. Like the college roommate, Andy Knezovich. He was my dorm super, or my roommate who, uh, who was in charge of my room. He was the kind of guy that when it was 10 o'clock, the lights were supposed to be out and nothing else was supposed to be happening. And it, look, I say this because Andy and our friends, all right? I can tell you a joke, though. It's all good, okay? Andy told me later, he said I was a little too tough. I know he was. That's okay. Andy and I are the same age. And I came to college later, and Andy had been there a few years. And, I mean, if you were still writing your college paper, it didn't matter. It was computers off, lights out, and in Andy's mind, that literally meant 10 o'clock, no matter what you were doing. Even if it was one sentence left on the paper you were going to turn in tomorrow, it did not matter. That computer better be off, all right? You think I had a problem with that? 
I'll let you figure that out, right? Come on. I'm telling you, free spirit. That did not go well. And, uh, but you know what? Andy, and I kind of thought evil of him for a while. But you know who called me up a few years after college and who's kept in touch with me now on a bi-monthly basis who calls me on the phone? Daniel, I just wanted to call you and check in and he remembers because he wrote down. He says, how, how's everything going with your church? How's the young man you're discipling? He remembers which one. How's he doing? How's, how's the church family? How can I pray? Send me a text. Hey, I just want to let you know I prayed for you today. I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. Don't look at that person who was mean to you and you say, oh, they just hated me. They didn't like care about my feelings. Look, he didn't care about my feelings right then. But you know what? We're better friends because of it. Okay? I needed a man up a little bit. All right? You know? He's grown a lot. I've grown a lot since then. My dorm supervisor, okay? He was kind of a, you know, a little bit of military style, you know, too. And you know what? He and I are friends now. He's now a Bible college president. You think, how, how did he become a vice president of a Bible college down at Vision Baptist Church? Because he had some character and had some grit about him, okay? So all because you had a little agitation doesn't mean you can't grow through that and they can't become your friend. And that's the thing, learning that, you know what, that agitation, sometimes if both people are mature and both people learn to mature themselves, the friendship works out. If there's immaturity on either part, the friendship doesn't work out. Okay, that's the difference. Friendship goes on if there's maturity when the grit happens, okay? If there's maturity on both sides, we keep moving forward and we can grow. If there's immaturity on either side, the friendship will be weak. Um, so friends are the result of brokenness. Uh, you don't know how, how much somebody loves you until you go through difficulties together. Friends are the result of brokenness. Secondly, this morning, friends prove you're trustworthy. It says in Proverbs 5, uh, 18, verse 24, a man that hath friends, a man that hath friends, must show himself friendly. You have to see whose trust they've earned. Somebody who has friends is somebody who's proven themselves trust, trustworthy to those friends. It has been said a, a friend is a person who does his knocking before he enters instead of after he leaves. A friend is a person who does his knocking before he enters instead of after he leaves. Somebody walk out of your life and they can't stop knocking you, okay? They're not really a friend. Somebody walks out of your life and they're still gracious. Maybe you had a disagreement, still gracious. That's a Christ-like spirit. So friends prove that you are trustworthy. And by the way, you say, what well, they did me wrong. Yeah? But if you keep broadcasting how wrong and every detail of how wrong they did you, Nobody else is going to trust you because they're going to be afraid they're going to be the next victim. Okay? And so, in order to have a friend, you have to prove you're trustworthy. And that means you don't destroy every friend that you had. And the ones that walked away from you, you don't destroy all the reputations. Because why? Because somebody else is going to make the exact same mistake again. And some people are maybe have already made the same mistakes again. And so, they're going to run from you instead of coming to you because they're going to be afraid they'll be the next victim. How many long-term friendships do you have? It's easier to make friends, or make enemies than friends. Look at Proverbs 17, on the other side of your page from Proverbs 18, Proverbs 17, verse 17, about friends. 
it says, a friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. How often does a friend love, he says? At all times. You know when a friend loves you is when they still care about you. No matter what's going on. Like a pastor friend of mine who now God moved us both to New England. And we get to serve in the same area together. And he's about two or, th two or three hours over in Vermont. And we, our personalities are so diverse and different. But we text one another, call one another, and he lets me know he's praying for me. I let him know I'm praying for him. We have a friendship, and now it's been over 10 years that we've been friends. Very different personalities, um, very different visions. But you understand you can still be friends with people who are different than you. A friend loveth at all times. One of the tests of that friendship has been how he's kept up. And... Micah 5, 7 verse 5 says, Trust ye not in a friend. Put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. Micah 7 5, Trust ye not in a friend. You say, why? Micah's talking about the end times, and he's saying there's going to be a time where you're going to tell a secret to somebody and they aren't going to be able to keep it. Look, a, a true friend is somebody who proves they're trustworthy. They can keep what is confidently given to them. So a man that hath friends is somebody who's proven themselves trustworthy. They do their word, they keep their promises, and, and we all fail. When they fail, they acknowledge it and repent. So trust ye not in a friend. He says, even not, not in your own wife, he's saying. You're saying that we shouldn't trust our wife? No, we should trust our wife. But he's saying, you understand that anybody can turn on you, okay? That can happen to anybody. When you're surprised in life that somebody turned on you, you got to keep in mind this happens to everybody. Uh, it is said that friends are made by choosing to think the best of others. By choosing to see potential in others, friends are made by keeping trust. Trust is earned. Friends are made by keeping trust. Trust. Choosing to think the best of others. By the way, at the end, we're going to look at a scripture that deals with this. Choosing to think the best. Proverbs 6, verse 3 says, To go and make sure thy friend. In a verse we went to a, bit, a moment ago. To make sure thy friend. Take the time to go back and make sure it's okay. To make sure thy friend. Now look. If there's a cemetery of friendships that are unreconciled in one's life, don't be surprised if you're the next person that winds up in the cemetery, okay? But what you say, what can happen? God can give grace to anybody to get those dry bones healed up, to get that situation cleaned up, and to move forward. You say, maybe you're dealing with a bunch of relationships that are all broken, okay? You can still extend grace. You can still say, God, help me to forgive. I'm going to move on, and I'm not going to judge every new person in my life by the way the old people treated me, okay? You understand? It's moving forward. Friends prove you're trustworthy. If you have friends, it proves that you are trustworthy, and you earn trust by keeping our word. Look, there were years when I wasted friendships. I was constantly on the quest for a new friend back when I was in my teenage years. But now I look back, and I look back on that, and I say, wow, I found that 
eagerness to make friends was a God-given gift. But now I have friends who have been with me for over 20 years in my life, pastor friends. Look, when you have a friend who was your pastor 20 years ago and they're still your friend today, it helps me, okay? Because, you know, when I'm making a decision and I call them up, it's not like they knew me for five months, five years. It's like they've known me when I was in my worst time and when my best time. They knew, they knew me when I was at home living under my parents' roof. They knew me when I was at college. They saw how I had relationships. They saw everything that happened, and they now can give me sound advice. Don't throw the old friends out, my friend, especially the ones who've been long friends in your life. Now, look, uh, sometimes they might have advice that's slightly warped, slightly bent. That's okay. But through multitude of counselors, make thy advice. Make war, the Bible says. And so uh, through wise counsel. Uh, now it's been 10 years since I left Bible college and graduated. So uh, there's some 10-year friendships. I was thinking back on these guys. I'm like, wow, there's like 10 or 15 guys that are still friends. That doesn't mean we call every day. And by the way, when I text them, it doesn't mean they always answer. Okay? It just means that you know, by the way, if you're a friend that gives instead of takes, you'll have a whole lot more friends. And when you just call them and say, hey, I just wanted to see how you're doing. How's your new job? That's great. Praying for you. How are your kids? Everything's great. And you don't tell them one thing about your problems, and you hang up and say, God bless you. Have a great day. What do you think is going to happen with that friendship? Okay? There's very few people that do that, that express care. And if you go from a giving side in the friendship instead of a taking side, you'll be amazed at how many friends you'll have in life. So friends are... Friends prove that you're trustworthy. And by the way, a lot of people, sometimes it's maybe three, four, five years later where they come back into your life. So don't give up on them. Keep loving. Keep showing grace. Give time. And many times uh, they don't know that you love them and care about them until three years later when you find out they got a situation going on in their life. Maybe they just had a child. They just had some life change or situation, whatever. And you just send them a message. You write them a letter. You call them. And you just let them know you care about them. You'll be surprised how they might walk right back in your life. So you express care. You continue to give. It shows that you're trustworthy. And that is really what he's talking about here. A man that hath friends. It's not somebody who goes around and just says, Will you please be my friend? No. Give, and it shall be given unto you. You give friendship, you'll be surprised you'll have friends. So friends are the result of brokenness. Friends prove that we're trustworthy. And we ought to examine our lives regularly. You know, how, how are my friendships? Don't judge all your friends. Uh, instead, judge how well you're treating your friends and how well you're loving your friends. Uh, choosing to think the best. Am I thinking the best of my friends? Think about that. Are you seeing the potential in your friends? Uh, Everybody God gives you in life can be your friend if you'll see the potential in them. Doesn't mean they're all going to be the same level of friendship, but they can be your friend. Thirdly, this morning, let's see a friend from above. A friend from above. I'm thankful. There. Last part of this verse. There is a friend. You know what his name is? Jesus Christ. That sticketh closer than a brother. Look, I'm thankful for my brother. I have a twin brother. But do you think every time I call my brother, he's available to talk to me on the phone? No. Sometimes he works 100 hours a week. Sometimes I'm working 100 hours a week. Sometimes we do not get in touch with each other. Sometimes I call him and it's a couple months before we hear back. That's okay. All right? You say, that's weird. It's part of life. Okay? Um, but I know he loves me and cares about me. All right? Because when we get to spend time together, he shows that. Okay? And the limited amount of time we get to spend now that we live about 20, 30 hours apart now, we get to see each other about every three years. Most of my family, I see them about every two or three years. 
But I know that they care about me. Why? Because they show love. A friend from above. There's a friend that sticketh, it says, closer than a brother. The Lord Jesus is not going to leave you. By the way, he's always ready to extend love to us. Amen? He loves. Ben Franklin said, be slow in choosing a friend. Be slower in changing friends. Be slow in choosing a friend. Be slower in changing friends. Aren't you thankful, though, when you choose the Lord, my friend, he already loves you. He already loves you. Before we even came to him, he already died for us. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Learn to lean on his love. James 2. Would you turn there with me? James 2.23. James 2.23. I'd like you to see what the Bible says here. Hebrews, James, and Peter. Hebrews, James, and Peter. James chapter 2. In verse 23, by the way, there's a lot of things in this passage, speaking of faith, speaking of demonstrating our love to the brethren. But in James 2, verse 23, it says, The scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the, what does it say? Friend of God. He was called the friend of God. Abraham, a man who, yes, had his mistakes. A man who, his wife's 100 years old, and he says she's been barren her entire life. And God's promised to give him children as the sand by the seashore. And he slips up and instead of trusting God's promise, he has relations with the servant Hagar and has Ishmael, by which we have all the Arabic nations that are fighting against God's chosen people, the Israelites, as a result of one mistake. Yet you say the man was an absolute failure, you could say, right? Because we judge people sometimes that way in life today. Be careful. Be careful. He was not. Because he came to God and confessed it and made it right, okay? It's one thing to, to say, I'm going to confess my sin before I do it, okay? I'm gonna, I know I'm doing something wrong, I'm going to confess it. Abraham had a moment of unbelief. He sinned. And by the way, that was something culturally accepted in that day. That if one's wife could not have a child, that they would have a child by somebody else that was a servant or a second wife. That was a culturally accepted practice in those days. This was a different culture. But it was not, but God had forbidden them to do that. He knew that. But keep in mind, Abraham didn't have the New Testament. He didn't have all the truth that we have accessible to us today. But the Bible says of Abraham, though, that he was a friend of God. Why? Because he believed God. Now, he did have a child by his wife, Isaac. And thank God, through him, the whole nation of Israel came. The Lord is a friend from above, and I'm so thankful for that. A friend from above. If our faith be worth anything, it will stand the test. Guilt is afraid of fire, but gold is not. The paste gem dreads to be touched by the diamond. The true jewel fears not the test. It is poor faith which can only trust God when friends are true, when the body is full of health, and when the business is profitable. 
But the true faith is that which holds to the Lord's faithfulness when friends are gone, when the body is sick, when the spirits are depressed, and when the light of the Father's countenance is hidden. It is a faith which can say in the direst of trouble, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. This is heaven-born faith. That's from Morning and Evening by Charles Spurgeon. It was said of Jesus in Matthew 11, verse 19, the latter part of the verse, he was a friend of publicans and sinners. The story is told of Andrew Jackson's boyhood. His friends just couldn't understand how he became a famous president. How he became the famous general first and then the president. They knew of other men who had greater talent than Andrew Jackson. But they never succeeded. One of them was Jackson's friend. And uh, why Jim Brown, who lived right down the pike from Jackson, was not only smarter, but he could throw Andy three times out of four in a wrestling match. But look where Andy is now. Another friend responded, how did it happen to be there was a fourth time? They usually say three times and you're out. Sure, they're supposed to, but not Andy. He would never admit he was beat. He would, stay, he would never stay throwed. Jim Brown would get tired, and by the fourth try, Andrew Jackson would throw him out and be the winner. Picking up on that idea, someone has said the thing that counts in life is not how many times you're thrown, but whether or not you're willing to stay thrown. The Christian life is a battle, and Scripture speaks of God's children as soldiers, and we should not expect things to always be calm and peaceful. The question is whether if we fail, is not, not whether or not we'll fail, but whether we'll get up when we do. Proverbs 24, verse 16 says, The just man falls seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. See, Jesus never stops loving, and we ought to be like him. We get thrown, and the friendship throws us. That doesn't mean we quit on everybody and... Stop serving God and stop loving people. No, there's a friend from above who'll give you the strength to love once again. Aren't you thankful for that? He sticks closer than a brother. Friendship is one of God's greatest gifts. Will you enjoy this gift or will you keep it to yourself? You say, I wish people would care about me. I wish people would love me, you might say. Be a friend. A man that hath friends must allow himself to be broken Allow himself to suffer that he might have friends. Are you willing? You say that's so painful. But you know what? The best friends you'll ever have are people who have been through brokenness, found healing and grace, and now love. They're the best friends. You, you have a close friend? It's somebody who's probably experienced a lot of pain. And now they're loving because of it because they found the grace of God. Uh, sad people are people who've turned brokenness into bitterness. Look for the bright spots, look for the good things, and think on these things. I'm going to close with this verse, Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, he says, think on these things. You say, I don't know how that friendship could ever be restored. Would you ask God for grace to think on these things? Whatsoever things are true, Honest and just. Look, if somebody else failed, and we're talking about the conversation, the conversation comes up, would you be willing to admit you've failed too about something like that? It might just help restore that friendship. It might just help uh, with the, uh, the new friendship you're starting if you'd be willing to admit that you also fail in the same way and have found the grace of God. Be willing to admit you're broken too. We need the grace of God. We're all broken. We've all experienced brokenness. And those who love the greatest have experienced forgiveness, have experienced 
hurt, have experienced brokenness, yet found grace in the cross of Christ. I'm so thankful for the grace of Jesus. This morning, if you've never trusted in his blood, you might have lived a life, there's a lot of brokenness right behind you, and you say, you know what, I don't understand how God could heal that. I don't understand how God could help that. His grace is sufficient. He giveth more grace when the burdens go greater. I'm so thankful for that. And this morning, would you ask the Lord to help you to think on the things that are true, honest, just, pure, and lovely. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, would you put your faith in him today? Would you call upon his name? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It comes to a moment of faith where you repent of your sins. You're a sinner, you're on your way to hell. You trust in Christ who is the Savior, and you turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. Let's stand, let's stand together this morning. Let's take a few moments to pray. Seek the Lord. Pray in your seat. Pray coming forward, however the Lord might lead you. Dear, would you play that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, if you can find it in the songbook. And turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. I thank God he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're just here this morning. You say, Pastor Dan, pray for me. God spoke to me about something in the service. I need God's grace. I need God's help in this area of friendship. Would you pray for me, Pastor Dan? Would you slip your hand up? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you this morning. We all need the grace of God this morning. As we close out the live stream at this time, I want to thank you each for being here. Would you take a moment to pray and seek the Lord? We all need his help. We all want to be a friend like Jesus. We want the grace of God flowing through our life so we might love like he loves. Would you ask God to help you? Would you come forward and ask God to help you? Lord, help me to be the friend I need to be to others who need a friend.